Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wear sunscreen, wear a lot of it, make sure it's FDA regulated, reapply often. And if you are planning to travel anytime soon, do not bring your giant ass sunscreen with you in your carry-on bag because they will take it away. I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. Welcome Welcome to to Los Angeles. Angeles. Every week we break down the most important beauty news and launches, interview your favorite beauty experts, influencers, and celebrity guests, and review our favorite beauty products of the moment as your beauty editor BFFs from the beautiful and great city of Los Angeles. Welcome Glamgelinos! We hope you stay a while. (laughs) Cute. That's cute. Hi. Hi. It's, uh, it's been a while. Yeah, right. It's been a it's a been a long time since a Tuesday episode. <laughs> no, it hasn't. It hasn't. It's been a week since a Tuesday episode. <laughs> but it feels like I don't know. It feels like it's been a while since we've gotten to do this because we've had so many collabs. We've obviously had been celebrating Sustainability Month and having amazing founders on. So it's nice to have some one on one time with you. It's also been a long time because. We haven't talked about something very, very important. Do you know what I'm about to say? Um, I think I do. Are we talking about my new job? Yes. People, people, this is very important news, which we did not announce when it was publicly announced because we had pre-programmed content. But Sarah Tan, little Sarah Jessica Tan Christensen, is the beauty director at Refinery29. What, what? Ah. They're lucky to have you. That's all I'm going to say. They're lucky to have you. (laughs) Kirby Johnson was the first person to send me flowers and congratulate me and celebrate me. And I'm so grateful to have such a supportive work wife. It means the world. But yeah, I'm so excited to join the Refinery29 team. I'm really, really excited to work with Simone Oliver, who is... Uh, Refinery's new editor-in-chief. She's only been there for six months, but she's brilliant and my values align with her values and she just has so many great ideas and lots of fun content coming down the pipeline. So we will uh, keep you posted on all that. But also, and most importantly, for all you Glamagelinos, is everyone at Refinery is very supportive of the podcast and big fans. So you'll still be hearing from me twice a week. Right here. Woohoo! We love to see it. A true Capricorn just spread herself thin, making it work, <laughs> making it work. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do less this year. 2020, like always my resolution. Yeah, you're like, like oh, I'm going to have a baby and then I'm going to move and buy a house. Yeah. And then, oh, well, I'm going to actually yeah. take on a full-time job. And then we're going to actually <laughs> like make Los Angeles do more too. So that's great. Great, great. I'm excited. I'm feeling good. Exciting. Okay, so that's the big news. If you see Sarah on the internet, send her a virtual hug emoji. That's very exciting for both of us. Okay, so it's been like a month since we've done... What's on your face? Sarah, okay, wow. It has been a really long time since we did Woif. Woif, and it's been a long time since I've had anything Woif-worthy. Oh, but this is... 
both of our wives. Yeah, this is double wife. <laughs> like double jeopardy. <laughs> we we need a sound for double wife. <laughs> wife. Okay, no, but truly and honestly, this product has blown me away and I love it so much and Kirby also loves it. It is Kostas's new airbrow tinted volumizing eyebrow gel. Guys, if you are into eyebrow gels, this is your new go-to product. I am very sus about eyebrow gels because Benefit makes like the best one, Gimme Brow. Like they're the OGs. It's for me like the perfect consistency. It's not too wet. It's a little bit on the drier side. So like I've been trying some other brands that are launching um, gels because everyone's been making like eyebrow gels and they never really get it quite right. To me, it's always a little too wet where I will have to go in with like a Q-tip and clean it up or clean it with my fingers and then like it dries weird and then I have to start all over. So I was not expecting a lot from this. That's no disrespect to Kosas. I just feel like it's really hard to get uh, eyebrow gel right but damn, Sheena did that. Sheena did that with this product. They really did. They really killed it. So are you using the clear or are you using one of the shades? No. So I'm using one of the shades. I'm using the brown black. And oh, I just saw that it's currently out of stock on Sephora. I love using it alone. It is the perfect gel to achieve a fluffy brow like the perfect natural looking fluffy brow it doesn't put too much pigment onto your brows it's like like I said the perfect consistency and texture it's not too wet it takes me like two minutes to do both my brows I barely have to clean anything up and I just feel like ready to go and like my brows look so good I was going to say, I like that you keep talking about how you don't have to clean up your brows because as somebody that also stands brow gel, that's the biggest issue for me because I have these little baby blonde hairs around, I mean, most of us do, like the little vellus hairs, some more than others, but like right above my brow, if I'm using a brow gel that has a tint to it, Without a doubt, it will usually look like I have little freckles up above my brow because it hangs on right. to those hairs. And I haven't had that problem. And I think the reason being the brush is small enough, the way that it's shaped yep. like a little Christmas tree helps, and then the amount of product that's deposited and the amount of pigment in the product, I think it's the perfect amount. Yes, exactly. And I think it has to do too with the fact that it's a mousse gel. So it's like a little bit thicker. And maybe there's some sort of technology where the mousse gel like attaches to your brow in a way that like dries quickly or something. They feel like it sets really quickly, but not too quickly where you can't like, you know, brush through it and and shape it and add more pigment. Because sometimes other brow gels that I've tried will do that and then it'll do it too quickly where then I feel like there's too much pigment in one part of my brow and then I try to brush through it and then it gets all like flaky and it looks dirty and then I have to Mm. start all over. This mousse gel is really easy to brush through your brows. It just looks so nice and full and natural. And there's 10 shades. 
which I really appreciate. So there is gray, which is a shade that I think is undervalued a lot of times by brands, so they don't include it. There is a auburn. And on the press day for this particular launch, it was funny. They had a bunch of TikTokers. They're doing a big campaign on TikTok where it's like you do your brows and then you like take a sucker and you like suck the lo- – it's like it, 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 it's very um, – Sounds sexual. It was kind of sexual. Maybe okay. that's like a whole other discussion about how like being cute, sexy, whatever. Okay. But it was really yeah. fun like for me <laughs> obviously being somebody glued to TikTok, seeing people that – like you know the girl that we posted on our Instagram that just slathers the foundation all over her face – she was beautiful. Oh, I'm just sad I missed this. And like her makeup looked phenomenal. Of course. I mean, via Zoom, I guess is, you know, a little deceptive, pretty filter, whatever. But it was awesome. So they did show a model with like authentic red, like born with red hair, red eyebrows. And she used the product and it was like, damn, okay, this is great. So I also like how light the shades go as well. I use the shade medium chocolate brown which I normally would go for more like of an ash cool tone because Mm -hmm. girlfriend's brunette now moving on up so anyways this is a great product and I think it's an excellent suggestion for what's on your face I'm a huge fan yeah and it's $22 I feel like this will last you a while it's a good size and then there is a complimentary brow product that they also launched the brow pop clean dual action defining eyebrow pencil so it's a pencil and it reminds me so much of like the cute clicky pencils I used to have in elementary school it's just like so much fun to look at and to like use I agree I actually really like the pencil it's the pencil that I've been using um, since they launched it the tip is like teardrop triangle shape similar to not precisely my brow proof brow pencil from benefit Mm -hmm. but What I will say is Goof Proof for me is more emollient in formula. So when you're trying to make the brow strokes, Mm -hmm. it all ends up blending together at some point. Like I feel like it's a nice thing to fill with, but if Mm -hmm. you're really trying to go in for the brow strokes, you use precisely, right? Yep, yep. In this case, it's the shape of Goof Proof, but then has the hardness of precisely. So you can really get those hair strokes, which – and the packaging, y'all – I know that's not a reason to buy a product. I think last year posted if I ever made a beauty product, like I'd want this like hot pink acrylic looking packaging. And that's kind of what they did with this. And it's super, super cute. It is super cute. And I was just going to say too, to compare the airbrow to Gimme Brow, I would say that if you are really trying to achieve that like fluffy, quote unquote, supermodel brow, like feathered brow look via a eyebrow gel, this product will get you there. I still love Gimme Brow. Like I think I'll always have it, you know, in my eyebrow wardrobe. But that's definitely more like a cleaner brow look to fill in, you know, my sparse areas. But this one's just so fun to use like on its own. You know, like obviously we haven't been wearing a lot of makeup during the week uh, because we're not really going anywhere. But I like to put this on in the morning and I just feel like so put together and cute. Love. Also, I have to say the clear brow gel is amazing. And I I wear that regularly when I'm not doing my face. So 
We stand. You can get it at Sephora. It's $22. Pick one up. See thanks, you. Gina. Yeah, thanks, Gina. You really did the damn thing. All right. So now we have some beauty news, and we kind of have a theme. It's sunscreen. Shocker. Shocker. Shocking. You're all shocked and surprised. No, I'm just kidding. If you've been on the <laughs> internet and you liken yourself to someone that is clued into beauty world on the internet, then you have not missed all of the sunscreen news that has transpired over the past week, couple of weeks. So Sarah, what is the first piece of sunscreen information we need to know? Yes. Okay. So we want to just like set the record straight Mm. about the news that TSA was going to allow passengers to carry full size sunscreen bottles in their carry on, which was like really exciting. It was reported that they allowed this because they were considering sunscreen to be medically necessary, which I agree with. So everyone was making these fun memes about how you can like take like the giant like super goop play sunscreen in like a vat in your carry-on and it'd be fine unfortunately that is not true the tsa has corrected themselves and they said that travelers still need to ensure liquids gels and aerosols in carry-on bags meet the 311 requirements and are no larger than 3.4 ounces that includes sunscreen and that is the travel size sunscreen so i don't know how this happened (laughs) How the hell do you go and put something on your website and then you're like, oh, actually, I'm flabbergasted by this. How? How? This is nuts. Our website incorrectly reported that sunscreen containers larger than 3.4 ounces were allowed in carry-on bags if medically necessary. That error has been corrected. Travelers still need to ensure liquids, gels, and aerosols in carry-on bags meet the 311 requirement. Like, what do we think happened here? Oh, my God, here? I don't... Like, someone signed off on it, and then another person from another department was like, no, like, you can't take that back. Because everyone got so excited about this news, us included, obviously, because how many sad, giant bottles of sunscreen have we had to part with at TSA at Security Checkpoint because we weren't allowed to bring it in our carry-ons? I mean, yes, many a times, but... I don't know how this happens. Like, I truly can't even come up with a scenario in my head that makes sense. Someone just effed up real bad. I just don't get how this happens, but it's really unfortunate. Like, Allure wrote an entire piece dedicated to this piece of news. Like, that's how monumental it was. That's how important it was. And then... And we know how, like, rigorous the fact-checking at Allure is. They probably reached out to, like, 10 sources to make sure that this was valid. Yes. That's why Allure gets a lot of exclusives, because... People know they have to come to them in advance and that in order to get a piece put on their website, there is so much fact checking and research that goes into it, even if it's just like an interview, because they want to make sure that whoever said what actually did say whatever they said. And so that's why you see Allure get a lot of exclusives, right? Like if they don't get the exclusive, they're not usually like the first to whip something up because they're not focused on being the first. They're focused on being the most thorough. So when you read this piece on Allure, like, yeah, it's a shorter story, but it's very well reported. And then they have an update, of course, on April 14th. That's like, so not our bad because this is not our fault. Um, The TSA just like completely went back on everything they just said. 
I don't know. I don't know if someone was like, I'm going to slip this in and see if anybody catches it. And then all the smart people will see it and who read the website and just be able to bring their full size sunscreen. I don't know. I actually didn't see this piece of news, Sarah, when it first was announced. I just saw a bunch of memes about it. So like, did the TSA make a big production out of like announcing this? Or was someone like, holy shit, this is happening? Well, I didn't get any sort of press release, but I was seeing it on like all of the reputable news sources because it was like a legitimate news story. I'm not sure what happened here, but I guess the only scenario I can think of is they rolled it out and then someone was all hype about it and started talking about it. And then people started picking it up as like a legit story. And then when that happened, TSA, because I can't imagine TSA like sent out a press release announcing this and then they were like, ah. Just kidding. Obviously has to do with like security and maybe they were like, actually, this is a really bad idea for whatever reason. You're just like, how did it get that far? Everyone was writing about it and then you're like, let's take a step back. So bottom line, (laughs) too long, didn't read. You guys still have to use carry-on size to sunscreen unless you want to check your bags. So then you have to buy a sunscreen wherever you go. Oh my God. And then when you go on vacation somewhere like that, you know, doesn't have like a pharmacy or wherever you can buy you have to spend like ten dollars on a tiny ass sunscreen it's so annoying it's so annoying all right moving on kirby enlighten us all right so this is about the beat shield and it's not about me being upset that i still haven't tried it and guess what y'all i'm never gonna get to try it never gonna get to try it (laughs) it's never gonna happen (laughs) that's not true it's not gonna be called beat the sun and it's not gonna be called beat the beat shield. I'll tell you that much. Lawsuits will be in abundance. So for those that are not in the know, here's what happened this past week. Remember the Purito sunscreen scandal? Okay. We talked about it and there was an issue where Purito claimed to have a certain indicated SPF and then with two different tests done, by Inky Decoder, it did not pan out. The amount, it was like significantly less than what they had indicated. I cannot remember the exact SPF numbers, but y'all can look it up. So when that happened, a lot of brands that make Korean sunscreens got a little freaked out because Purito, obviously people blamed the brand, but it sounded like it was more of a manufacturing problem where the brand took the manufacturer's testing at face value and didn't conduct their own tests, which is a learning lesson there. And so many brands decided, okay, what do we do now? So Crave Beauty is founded by Leah Yu. She moved to New York, I think in 2018 from Korea. So like Korean based brand. And if you have heard anything about the beet shield, they call it an antioxidant shield like antioxidant fluid okay here in the united states in korea though it's called beat the sun and it is marketed as a sunscreen and i believe that it's marketed as an spf 55 Mm -hmm. so they did testing here in the united states on their product to see what it netted out as and last week leah announced that with the testing coming back They were disappointed in the results because it did not match their indicated SPF 55 in Korea. For what it's worth, 
She has a whole video about this on Crave's page and her personal page. It's eight minutes long. I highly recommend you watch it. Um, she said that she subjectively would still use it as a sunscreen, that she wouldn't feel badly suggesting that to others. Like it is enough protection, probably SPF 30 or more. However, she was not allowed to indicate what the SPF was. A lot of people are upset about this. The brand is issuing refunds. So if you bought your product, I think between like March 31st, 2020, up until maybe March 31st, 2021, or maybe it was May 2020, all of the information's on their website. They are issuing refunds. And then they're completely discontinuing this product. Beat the Sun and the Beat Shield will be completely discontinued. They're not going to bring it back. They said that they're going to be doing their own independent testing from now on and that they're going to be making a sunscreen that follows FDA regulations. So Sarah, when you heard about this news and, and you know all of this, like what were your thoughts? Even though I am, I would say, more up to date and more knowledgeable in like what's happening with the latest and like the FDA regulations and sunscreen. And obviously we talk about sunscreen here all the time on Los Angeles, but I am so confused, Kirby. <laughs> it's like so confusing. Like I have like watched your stories on Instagram to make sure I'm getting it. Charlotte Parlamino always talks about sunscreen on her Instagram. So I'm constantly like trying to educate myself, but I'm just like, why do we have different rules? Why are like the FDA regulations in the States so old and it's like so hard to make a sunscreen here like why yes so that's the thing about the beat shield and that's why so many people buy their products from Korea especially because they have more advanced uv filters that they use that like don't leave a white cast and don't irritate their skin so like for people that have sensitive skin and like just cannot use any american manufactured sunscreen or wherever it's manufactured like they don't know. They're like, what the hell? What do I do now? This was my sunscreen. Yeah. From what I understand, they have filters that are indicated to, you know, work and protect you from the sun. But the overlying issue is that the testing is murky. There are protocols. I'm not saying like the process of the testing is murky, but it is confusing, um, especially when you have to read through it all. And it requires a lot of time and a lot of money. Um, so especially in the United States, the FDA requires that if you are going to put a sunscreen on the market, that in vivo testing happens. That's where it is literally tested on a living organism. And then there's also in vitro, which is outside of an organism. So these can be done in like labs utilizing human or animal cells or microorganisms, things like that. And there's been actually developments in this area in terms of like alternative methods to testing SPF, which is an entire <laughs> other episode that I don't, we shouldn't get into right now. The bottom line is that in vivo testing, it's complex and it takes time and money. And I actually want to read this from our friend Michelle Wong of Lab Muffin. This is on her website. And when the Purito sunscreen scandal came out, she wrote a, an amazing blog post about it. So we're going to link this on our website so you can check it out. It's one of the, the main points she makes is like, how is SPF tested? 
So SPF tests are done by putting two milligrams per square centimeter of sunscreen on the backs of human volunteers. A special UV lamp is shined on their backs and how much UV the skin can take with and without the sunscreen is compared. She says that there are a lot of really annoying things about this test. Anything that involves human volunteers is a lot more expensive than if you have just use one machine. Um, and it's somewhere in the region of like $5,000 to $10,000 USD for a test. And if it's, this is like the first version of your sunscreen and it doesn't give you a high enough or consistent SPF, then you have to repeat it again until you get that number. So you're harming people with this test because in vivo, you're using human volunteers. Um, they're potentially getting burned. There's just so many factors that play into this. So that's why it's so confusing. She even says this, like I mentioned earlier, the sun care industry has been working for a long time to find alternative ways to test SPF, but the main issue that keeps coming up is that it's really hard to mimic how sunscreen reacts with human skin. This is just a sunscreen issue. I mean, even Neutrogena mm -hmm. had a sunscreen and I believe it was Australia where it was tested in Australia and like it did not match up to the indicated SPF either. And I love Neutrogena. I trust their sunscreens. Like they work for me. So I don't necessarily blame the brand. It's just like this seems to be an issue overall. I don't know what the proper protocols should be, but I did a lot of searching and researching online after this because I was like, I do want to understand FDA regulations around sunscreen. I'm in the process of reading all of the sunscreen monographs on the FDA website to learn a little bit more about how they're tested, when new ingredients have been introduced, because I believe the first time this was even regulated was like 1978. The highest sunscreen value, SPF value, was 15. So like we've come a long way from then, mm -hmm. but it's not consistently updated every year, right? Like, mm -hmm. and I know in 2020, there were some changes that were made uh, to sunscreen regulation, but because of COVID, like it kind of got put on the back burner. All that to say, we're going to do a bigger episode on this because we know that you're curious about how sunscreen is tested, how it's regulated, why we don't have certain filters that other places are using. So I'm glad you brought that up. We're going to do that and we're going to make sure that it's like very, very thorough. Okay, here's my thoughts. Did I want to try the Beat Shield? Yes. Why? Because everybody talked about how was this amazing sunscreen. Then you go to the website not marketed as a sunscreen in the United States. You look at the packaging, no mention of SPF, no mention of sunscreen. The only reason why people knew that this was a sunscreen was because of influencers and other people that were prominent in the beauty industry talking about how this is a Korean sunscreen that is being marketed here as an antioxidant fluid because it is not FDA approved to be called that, okay? So even though I'm psyched and I know that it worked for a ton of people and it gave them protection in the back of my head, even when I was like, you know, giving you obviously like ribbing you about talking about it the whole time in the back of my head, I'm like, but why can't they just do it the right way and get it FDA approved? And, you know, like there's that nagging feeling in the back of my head. So I think everybody in general can agree it was deceptive marketing here. They should have just played by the rules. They should have just made an FDA approved sunscreen here in the United States does it suck that they couldn't use some of those more advanced filters? Yeah, of course, of course. But like the fact is that Crave would not be in this position if they had just done all of the things that they said now that they're going to start doing, like the independent testing. This is not a Crave problem. This is a sunscreen mm -hmm. problem. 
Do I think the brand should be held accountable? Of course, because it was deceptive. I think Leah has been very transparent and is, you know, very remorseful and she wants to make things right. And I think my final thoughts on this are that they could have just discontinued it altogether. They didn't have to do this independent test. They could have just been like, Mm -hmm. ooh, okay, we used a similar manufacturer. We used the same manufacturer as Purito. We should just take it off the market altogether. Or they could have just kept it online Kept people could keep buying it, not knowing that they're not getting SPF 55 protection, right? Right, right. I mean, if they're not calling it an SPF when you're buying it, it's a shield, whatever. Yeah, you're right. So they actually didn't have to do all this. I'm not trying to pat them on the back for like doing the right thing, but I'm sure there's plenty of other brands that like did not dedicate the time or the money to like be transparent about it. So I do want to highlight that Crave has been more transparent probably than other brands. The key here is to Make sure that you reapply your sunscreen, you wear it properly, and you find one that you like. If you have Crave and you love the Beach Shield, I empathize with you because I know that this sucks. So I have a question. Are they going to stop selling it in Asia or are they continuing to sell it in Asia? So for people who are fans of the Beach Shield here in the States, now we're going to have to purchase through a friend in Korea. They said that Beat the Sun will also be discontinued. I'm guessing because that SPF 55 is not, they didn't reach it even according to Korean standards, then I'm I'm just spiraling. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. So bottom line is we are going to have a separate episode on this to educate all of us and figure out what's going on. Yes. And if you want, you can look up the monographs for sunscreen drug products for over-the-counter human use on the FDA's website. It's a lot, but I found it super interesting. I've been like taking notes and learning so much already. So expect that soon. And in our last piece of sunscreen-themed beauty news, we just have to address this because it's been all over social and we would be remiss if we did not talk about Gwyneth Paltrow's misuse of sunscreen in her recent Vogue video. I know everyone has like covered it, but like let's t- let's just talk about it because maybe some of you aren't on Instagram or TikTok and you haven't seen it. Gwyneth, you're making it increasingly harder every day for me to support you. Yes, because Gwyneth Paltrow, despite her reputation has been a joy every time I've interviewed her. She's really funny. And what she's done for the wellness industry overall, I think has been incredible. Like she really set the stage for like celebrities creating institutions of sorts, right? For better or worse. There are parts of Goop that I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? But then there's parts of Goop that Mm -hmm. I'm like, this was really well done and hats off to you. So she did her routine with Vogue. She used some products that we both love, Vintner's Daughter. Um, mm-hmm. And she goes through it and she talks about her very, you know, healthy lifestyle. She wakes up and she'll drink like, you know, whatever in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then she comes in mm-hmm. and she applied the sunscreen like it was a motherfucking highlighter. And I... I like rewound it like two or three times to fully absorb what she was saying. She had to know what she was doing. She likes to ruffle some feathers because she's 
been living in LA, seeing all of these fancy celebrity dermatologists, you know, a huge uh, stakeholder in the wellness industry. She knows how you should be properly applying sunscreen. I would hope by this point, but she chose to not apply it uh, in the way that she should in this video. So for those of you who did not watch the video, she says she's not a quote unquote slather it head to toe type of sunscreen person. You know, I'm not a sort of head to toe slather of sunscreen, but I like to put some kind of on my nose and the area where the sun really hits. So she put it on her cheekbones? The bridge of her nose, the bridge of her nose. Yes, yes. And that, it was like a tiny amount. It was like, it was like a, li a little pee drop and she just like little dabbed it on like a little, like she was tapping in an essence. She was just like tap, 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 tap. It was like so dainty. I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, please teach your daughter otherwise. Like I hope she's slathering her a little apple in sunscreen. Megan Decker, who is a beauty editor at Refinery, wrote a story and reached out to Goop for a statement. And Goop said, and I quote, In the Vogue video, Gwyneth applies sunscreen to her entire face, though the video is edited down for timing's sake and does not show the full application. Her comment specifically says she does not slather it head to toe of her entire body, but she addresses the importance of sun protection and mineral sunscreen, which deflects rays off of your skin rather than absorbing them as chemical sunscreen do. We're huge proponents of SPF at Goop and always advise that people should consult their dermatologist to find out what is right for them. Wait, what did they say about absorption? Uh, that Gwyneth addresses the importance of sun protection and mineral sunscreen, which deflects rays off of your skin rather than absorbing them as chemical sunscreens do. Okay. I mean, I know that Michelle Wong of Lab Muffin has thoughts on deflecting sunscreen and absorbing it and all that stuff because they sunscreen filters actually do work very similarly. So I'll let her be the expert on that. Please, let's not demonize fucking chemical sunscreens here. Like, yeah, no. ma'am. That's not the Like, issue. that statement has That's an agenda. Definitely does. This brings me to my next point. This My next point is actually obsolete now. I was going to ask you, do you think that Vogue had a... Like, they were just trying to get the clicks and the views? Well, do you think... I was going to say, before you read that statement, do you think that Vogue had a responsibility to have a disclaimer on the video saying, <laughs> Gwyneth's tactics in applying sunscreen are not recommended by most professionals? Or do you think, listen, we're just putting this into the world. You do with the information as you will. You can find out online or wherever you need to that this is not proper sunscreen application. I think if I were the one sharing and distributing this piece of content, I would put a disclaimer like as a journalist, like it's our responsibility to educate people on the proper way to apply sunscreen. But again, like they share everyone's like routines all the time. And it's not like it, they're just there to like disseminate the the videos. They're not, you know, commenting on the routine or, or whatever. But yeah, I think that, you know, because skin cancer is such a problem, it's only getting worse. Um, and there's just so much false information uh, floating around the internet about sunscreen application that I feel like they needed to say something. So I think the reason why they didn't in this case is because they edited the video the way they did. And I personally actually don't think that Vogue really needed to give a disclaimer. That's my other side of the coin. And and you're valid in your in your thinking. 
Okay, so what are our final thoughts on this episode? What are the takeaways? <laughs> wear sunscreen, wear a lot of it, make sure it's FDA regulated, reapply often, and if you are planning to travel anytime soon, do not bring your giant ass sunscreen with you in your carry-on bag because they will take it away. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening to our episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple and go to Spotify and follow us. When you join the Facebook group, it says like, how did you hear about us? We have so many people saying that Spotify recommended us to you. So thank you, Spotify. We love to see it. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Los Angeles Pod. Again, on Facebook, Los Angeles Glam Gelino's Facebook group. We'll be back on Friday with an awesome episode about sustainability. So stay tuned for that. And uh, we'll talk to you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.